This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. We're live at Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry in Frisco if you want to come see us. And later on, they will be giving away a Ford Bronco. I know you think, but not really, right? Yes, really, they will. So you got to come out here. We got all kinds of other great stuff if you want to enter for any of the giveaways happening around here. And we are supposedly going to hear from Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy at 11.05. But in the meantime, Alec, can you fire me off a little bit of Mavericks right there? His arms getting up in the air, pours that deflection and the steal for the Clippers. Is anybody doubling? Kawhi Leonard, hell-bent, heaven-sent. Clippers lead 116 to 110. All right, now, this was a really odd game, and we'll get specifically to Derek Lively in just a minute. This was a really odd game for me in terms of after the first quarter, I thought the Mavericks were going to lose by 30 points. And then into the fourth, you not only get all the way back, you take the lead, and then the Clippers smoke you at the end. I think they outscored them 14-3 to to close. Did you guys share my sentiments along the way? At the end of the first quarter, I was, like, thinking about just piecing out because I thought they were going to get run. 35-22 at that point, and it was, I felt like the only way to keep up was Luca has to go for 60 tonight. Right. And, and that's, not, that's not – honestly, that's not the basketball we want to watch. We did see some right. great rotations last night offensively when they were swinging the ball around. There were some moments where it didn't work out. Kevin, I thought I think it was the moment where Tim Hardaway shot four consecutive three pointers, and it wasn't until like he finally made the, the the last one that I was like, oh my gosh, this if he's struggling like that, it's gonna be tough. And then he gets the next one, they get a steal, they pass it to him, and he hits one at the buzzer, and I was like, hold on, and it, maybe we do have a shot here. And you're right there because both Hardaway and Luca were poor from three last night. It was honestly Jaden Hardy who was on fire from three in this game. Bobby, did you go through the same ridiculous ebbs and flows of emotion that I did for a regular season game where you're like, it's the end of the first quarter, let's all calm down? No, I, I mean, it did feel like a game where they were going to get the doors blown off, and especially once you hit, like, middle of the second quarter, they're down 20 or something at one point, and it just it felt like a game where it's like, all right, pack this one up. Clippers are on a roll right now. Luka's not hitting shots. This is going to be a. This is just going to be one of those nights. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're not getting Tim Hardaway Jr. to knock down shots, if your your next consistent or your most consistent score in that game early on was a guy like Derek Jones Jr. or Dante Exum, that's not going to be something a, a game we're going to come out of there and feel good about it. But I, I do feel like at the end of that game, you come out of it still feeling pretty good about things because even though it's a home loss and one where you fought back and and ultimately fell a little short you do feel like, okay, well, as soon as Kyrie Irving gets back, as soon as you get Derek Lively back and Maxi Kleban, you know, Josh Green, that you feel a little bit like, okay, this is a team that you feel like is well-rounded and can take on some of these tougher teams in the West. Okay, let me ask you about specifically Derek Lively. I, I'm not, obviously, Kyrie is super important to this he team. He has to be on the court. I, I agree. So the Mavericks got outscored in the paint. 60 to 38. You might have thought it was 80 to 4. 
I don't know, but it was 60 to 38. How much is Derek Lively worth? I'm not saying Derek Li- in, in that specific avenue. I'm not saying he would score 22 points. How much does he make an impact both in terms of offensive glass and defensive rim protection to even up that gap? I mean, it's not just the rim protection and the glass. I mean, he's also been a pretty vocal guy on the back end, like a back end defender. Like, he calls out all the screens and everything else. Like, I mean, his communication is so, so much better and so much more advanced, honestly, for a guy his age and as inexperienced as he is, that I I think that he's contributing in ways that are felt on the defensive end more than just what he's doing at the rim. Like, Like, I feel like he's helping things, you know, a few steps ahead. And so... I think that that's worth a ton. Uh, like, I mean, K- Kawhi Leonard, what, he had four baskets, it felt like, in the final few minutes, like, at the rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't think a lot of that happens if you've got Derek Lively in there contributing, hopefully staying out of foul trouble. That's been a problem at times, obviously. But if Derek Lively's in there, I think that that's a different ball game. I thought, you know, there were times where um, maybe it was Harden or maybe it was Kawhi would have it at the top of the three-point line. And they'd swing it over to the to the corner, and then that person was able to drive to the basket. Whether it was Norman Powell or whoever, they were able to just take it right to the right to the lane there because there was nobody there to do it. No, nobody there that's the the rim protector, and they have to have that body there at least. So you don't get the easy points, Kevin. You take away some of those easy points last night that I'm talking about. Yeah. you win the game. And defensively, they didn't have those moments where they had somebody that just deters the, 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 the guy from going to the basket. Says, you know what, I'll take this, this stupid shot from the outside. Now, Kawhi's going to get whatever he wants at the elbow and just in those little soft spaces uh, where nobody plays anymore. That's just what he does. But when you have guys that are on the bench, coming off the bench, getting easy buckets at the basket, that's not going to be useful to you. And there's a potential player out there in the world that I was looking at some of the betting odds and I thought, I just don't totally get the fit right there do we have mccarthy ready to go all right brought to you by ford and your north texas ford dealer mike mccarthy right here on the fan i'm not going on this time of year what's that i'm not going on this time of year. that's what i'm told <laughs> um especially when you're off and studying i know you're focused on the defense but just mike mcdaniels he one of the more he's you know, appears to be one of the more creative offensive guys. What what do you see in his approach and oh, what I mean, he's definitely. I mean, you, you got to have you know a lot of appreciation for what he's done so far. And you know, I just think you know, look at the whole team. I mean, obviously they're well coordinated, both the offense and defense. Um, excellent personnel. But yes, I, I think what he's doing, personnel or excuse me, schematically, scheme wise, is a is a great fit for his players and at the end of the day I think that's what it's all about and uh, he does a tremendous job putting those guys in in consistent position you know to make big plays. Now back back to start this century you were one of the, the young bright offensive minds who when you you guys are great too man I'll be acting like <laughs> it, it happens it happens. You know? I mean, you've been through this. You've seen the cycle of, of kind of younger guys, and everyone's intrigued by what they bring, and they tweak things. But having observed that cycle and been part of it, how much of it is always in place, and it's just tweaking and modernizing and using personnel, and how much of it is kind of really different in advancing what offenses are doing? In the league? Well, I mean, I think like everything in this league, player, coach, support staff, everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. Uh, and, and when you look at McDaniel's journey, I, I appreciate it. He came up through – you know, the quality control, you know, learned, learned it, 
you know, grassroots worked his way up and so forth. And, and I think, you know, not part of your journey is, you know, the, the experiences that you have in the past. And, and I know personally, I'm just always so thankful for the, the staffs that I was on as a young coach. And, uh, you know, the Kansas City staff, I mean, the, the veteran Hall of Fame type coaches that were on that staff I mean, and to be a young guy, you know, first in the league. I mean, there's so much that's gone on during that period of my life that I still do today. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, and I, and I don't know, Mike, uh, but I, when I, what I do, I, I think it's important when you do compete against each, against each other to have a clear understanding of history, you know, and, and my focus is obviously more on Vic and, and, and what he's done, not only in the past, but what he's doing with this defense and so forth. Because I, I think that's, that's all part of the preparation too. So, yes, I, I do have a high appreciation for what he's doing on offense. Clarence Hill, four-star target. Last thing I want to ask you about the playoffs. You, you, you said that's this week. You know, you didn't clinch like you wanted to, but you clinched. Do you look at scenarios now, strength of victory? Do you even look at that stuff with all the three games left? Because there's so many things can happen with you and the Eagles and how you can win the division and stuff like that. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, Clarence, and, and I said that last week, because you know, my, my anticipation was to be standing here at 11 wins. I, I do think 11 wins is, is a great time to take a step and look um, and, and that's really, I think, what next week gives us. You know, so we, you know, we have to get this opportunity in Miami. You know, getting to 11 wins will give us a clearer picture of what needs to be done. Because, I mean, you know, I, I understand the history of this, and, and obviously the, the stories and the narratives, and it, to come in here and answer questions. So I'm not trying to play ping pong here with you. Uh, not that I ever do, but uh, I just think it's important. You know, just important to keep focused on getting to the 11th win, and then I think there'll be some clarity of what we need to do. Uh, Mike Tarch with ESPN. Tyron was added with a with a back issue. Is that something new? And what do you anticipate from? Yeah, that? it's something from the game. Uh, so you know uh, he's he's working through it, and I, I think he'll do more today. And you know, he's scheduled to do more today than he did yesterday. So uh, you know we we definitely have we, we still have a lot of time. Uh, we often ask you about when you want to travel corners with receivers. Mm -hmm. Can you talk talk about it from the other perspective when the other team wants to maybe travel a Jalen Ramsey with a CD? What opportunities that lays up either for CD? Moving around or other guys, how you guys do with that? Well, I think it's just like everything. I mean, it's just all part of your evaluation. You know, I, I think Jalen Ramsey uh, has that ability uh, to play inside and outside. So that you know, obviously, that would not surprise us. You know, you've seen you've seen it in the Jets game. So, um, and I, I think that's just all part of you know where you think the you know the best matchup is inside or outside too. So that's you know to me, those are all game planning questions that you that you answer. And, and uh, obviously, Jalen's been you know one of the top guys in this league for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I still recall him at the Rams, you know, playing very well inside against us. So, um, so that, yeah, that, we would not be surprised if he plays inside or outside. Babe. Babe Loffer, Cowboys Radio. <clears throat> Miami's a team, obviously, they can throw it well, they can run it well. But ultimately, your goal is to keep the other team out of the end zone. But is it demoralizing or more demoralizing for your football team when a, a team can do kind of what Buffalo did and just you're out there and you're watching pound, pound, pound. Does that become demoralizing to hold? Um, you know, I think like anything, you know, this game is is so challenging week in and week out. Um, we all have things that we know we do extremely well. Um, the statistics at this point in the season can usually point to that, um, but I think it's important to stay in touch with the why. You know, why, why was the run defense um, not where we wanted it to be? You know, last week. So. And, and that's and that's really where our energy goes. I mean, the, the physical mental battle is is you know something that we can 
validate, regulate, and put mathematics to. But you know, the the, the emotional realm is where the, where the money's at. So I, I, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. I mean, I I think you know, would I say demoralizing? Absolutely not, because the more you know, being demoralized is not part of a complimentary football you know football team. And, and we've shown, for the most part this year, that when you know. We, we can pick up for one another, and, and that's what—that's the vision. Uh, it's always been the vision the last couple of years, and you know, and you know, yeah, defense was having a hard time, but you know, offense we didn't help out either. You know, and there's plenty of times where the defense is, has has picked up for us too. So that—that's really the way our minds work and the way we look at these games, uh, so forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would not say anybody's. Know, sitting there going out looking at the scoreboard in the second quarter thinking oh my gosh you know we're in trouble that, that, that that's that's not that's not our team you know I, I think the, the thing we we talked about at halftime was let's pick up for one another and get going and you know play to our complimentary formula because that's what we do best Scott Scott Erickson with the AP you guys have only have lost consecutive games just once in these three playoff seasons what do you think makes a good bounce back team Oh, I just think it's the the response. Um, you know, it starts with your preparation, and you know, it, at the end of the day, is you know, leadership comes to the top. You know, and 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 that's something that I think you, you know, you engage in and, and just you know remind um, your team. And you know, I think our younger players. I mean, look look at TJ. You know, look 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 at the way he played. You know, compared to week twos and three. You know, where he would be in week two or three. Um, you know, this is this is why we spend so much time. Uh, with our younger players, because this is the time of year that young players are playing, and it's the most important time of year because you know we're all fighting for you know playoff season and so forth too. So, I, I think the biggest thing is just to you know just to stay after it, stay consistent, and and lean on your leadership. Garrett, Garrett Podell, CBS Sports. For for you, how important is getting Dak and rhythm over the middle of the field on those seam balls to Ferguson and others, especially since the Dolphins have a couple inside linebackers. How about that? That was a loaded question, huh? That was good. Very good. All right. Rhythm over the middle of the field. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, if, you, if you're in rhythm over the middle of the field, you've you got big plays. You know, I think we always talk about the fast way the end zones for the post. So, I mean, it's more of a mindset uh, when you're building an offensive playbook. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing here is the, you know, is being in tune with how we think they're going to play us, you know, getting in and out of the personnel groups, play to the strengths that we, we feel, you know, Attain to us, you know, on the road, um, you know, uh, we're going to be in silent count. We're not going to be in silent count. So that, that's that's really the thing. But yes, definitely. I mean, you, you always want to get your quarterback in rhythm. The how is uh, is always, you know, part of setting those first fifteen plays. How you think it's going to go, and you know, when, when it when it goes well and you're in rhythm, obviously, you know, you're able to build off of that. Though, but this is going to be a, you know, this is going to be a four quarter. Challenge, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I think Vic does a really good job in-game adjustment-wise. So those those are the things that I think about uh, as far as you know keeping us in rhythm, in production, generating first downs. Michael, Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News. Do you feel like your team is taking something positive out of each losses and you know, learn for the better? And if so, for each one, what what what, what is it? What is it? Team taken from him. Oh, I think so. I mean, hey, trust me, no one wants to lose. No one wants to, you know, have a you know kind of performance uh, that you have to answer the kind of questions we've had to answer. But um, I, I do think the negative experiences uh, in this journey is that's where the gold is. I mean, that's you talk you talk about you know building and and and, and stacking success, but you know the, the negative experiences uh, of going through that, you know, it, it gives you some clarity of you know. 
hey, what, you know, what wasn't right? Wasn't I right? You know, what do I need to do better? Um, you know, and a lot of things you know, come, you know, come down to the technique part of it, the fundamentals. And I, I think that's really when you look at our evaluation process, I think we do it a really thorough job of giving our players, you know, the feedback, you know, of their mental performance, their fundamental technique performance. And, you know, we have, they have their own personal cut-ups that they've done every Monday, Tuesday, they can go back and look at it. So we're in tune with, with the other guys looking at, you know, as far as the Miami people. So um, I think you just gotta, you gotta stay true to that because, um, you know, the one thing that we talked about in the team was, you know, our peaks have been unbelievable. I mean, this is, some of the highest peaks that I've seen over a course of a season so far, uh, but the but the valley we had a couple of valleys that are way too low. So um, consistency, you know, how, how do you get that? And I think just really being in tune with your experiences and everybody just really, you know, staying on top of the, the self Scott. Because the end of the day, if it's going to be about you learning and growing, then you have to stay on top of what you're doing. We can't be worried about what the other guys are doing all the time. Bree, Bree Illustrated, super busy time of the year for you. But in your household, is there any Christmas holiday traditions that you traditions? Um, uh, tradition is <laughs> um, you want Jessica to be your uh, middle person for, with Santa Claus, all right? So the kids do well. So um, I, you know, I like to say I take you know I can take no credit for that. But no, I, I think that, you know our house is very similar to most coaching households. You know, I know as a head coach. Um, you know, I've always thought it was so important for the families to be together, you know, on Christmas Day and uh, especially in the mornings, you know, that wake up moment that you have uh, with your kids over the holidays. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, this is a challenge. It's probably the biggest challenge schedule wise, I think, I've, that, we've, that I've ever been on a six day game after, you know, Christmas Eve day. So, yeah, so I, 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 I'm trying to think of something really cool to say, but I don't have anything. Sorry. <laughs> There you go. Mike McCarthy right here doesn't have anything cool to say, but something uncool that he said, but factually accurate was that Tyron was out because of a because of his back and it was something that happened in the game. So obviously not just your run of the mill rest day and something that we're going to have to keep an eye out on going forward. Coming up next, we continue to be live from Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry in Frisco. Where the fajitas are ready. I know. I was excited yeah, to hear that. fajitas, get out of here now. And we just, coming up next, we've got Corey's brand new game, Good Actor, Great Actor, or Tolo. Yes, we'll do that next. We are back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. We're at Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry, and it is right here off of the southwest corner of Dallas Tollway and Stonebrook. And it is a phenomenal place to come and buy some jewelry, uh, hang out and have a nice little drink. They also have fajitas here today. Oh, uh, and so good. One Tolo has already told me that the fajitas are fantastic. Bobby, you, you agree. Have yeah. you already had your? Yeah, they're fantastic. It smells fantastic out there. they got giveaways out front. It's a, it's a full-on party out here, Corey. Yeah, we got Godiva chocolates to give away, and if you want the most comfortable hoodie that you've ever put on in your life. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin is not wearing it. Bobby is wearing it right now, but Kevin is back uh, as we are now getting ready to play a new game show. Now, Sorry, Kevin, I heard they had fajitas, and I was like, oh, crap, I got to work. Well, food is good, and fajitas are fantastic. And so you can just, instead of going out to eat tonight, you can just say, I had fajitas already today. I'm good. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I took, uh, took my lover to go get some jewelry and fajitas at the same time. <laughs> no need to eat out. We got the fajitas. Yeah, exactly. Just real quick. 
Did you determine sarcasm off of this text? Can we have more playoff tiebreaker talk today? <laughs> because if they really mean it, I'm here for it. But I think they might be being sarcastic. Yeah, would you – well, do we want to discuss more playoff tiebreakers right now, or do we want to play our game? What about – how about we figure out what the tiebreaker is for trying to determine if we're going to talk about tiebreakers or the game? Who breaks that tie? Very good point because I, I have no – I see why people might not like you. All <laughs> right, here it goes. It's our brand-new game show, and we're going to need some help from the Tolos out there. Good actor, great actor, or Tolo. 877-881-1053. Hit the music, Alec. There it is. All right, so here's what we need you to do. Kevin, you can't look at the fan text. Okay. No, Bobby, you can't look at the fan text either. I don't have. I don't even have my laptop. Carter will remind you that. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin needs to hide his fan text so okay. that you can't see this. I got my email up right now. Can you confirm? Uh, yes, you do. All right, Tolo. Ruben will keep me. Tolo's start texting in your name. Text in your name. Okay. And the f- the first letter of your last name. All right. Okay. This is how we're going to determine this. I'm going to give y'all. Names of Tolos, good actors and great actors, and y'all get to decide if they're a Tolo or a good actor or great actor. Okay. All right, so got y'all it. get to decide got this. 877 881 1053. This is how this game is going to go. And Kevin, I know you're very critical of actors and whether or sure. not they're good actors or great actors. So we'll see how this works. Bobby, are you big into to movies and stuff too? The biggest. Love movies. Okay, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, written by Michelle Gondry, directed by Char- or, or, directed by Michelle Gondry, written by Charlie Cox. That is an excellent movie. All right, all right, here we go. And y'all, y'all have a sound for your buzzers? All right. Bzz. Okay, all right, so that's how it goes. Matthew mm. Because you think he might be tricking you by saying McConaughey, right? I'll say Matthew McConaughey. All right. Is he a good actor or a great actor? Those are my only two Those options. Those are your only. Okay. Not, well, he could be a Tolo. He, I'll go good actor. Good actor. Look, he's a, his career stat line is tough because he's made a really big push, but also there are so many awful seasons at the beginning of his career to pull it down. So I'll say good actor. Ah, he had a time to kill at the very beginning. He also had uh, Dazed and Command. Time to kill was great. Do you think about him for time to kill, or do you think about Samuel L. Jackson standing up and going, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. I do think of that, but I also think about Matthew McConaughey's speech to the jury at the end. That was was pretty powerful there, Hagee. It was really good. Do you think about all the checks that he just took? He's like, well, this cash, I'll be in your movies. (laughs) I'll I'll be Hera. I'll be honest. When you said Matthew McConaughey, my would have been Matthew Modine. That's oh, where my head went. Oh, man. Wow, that's good. Stranger Things. I know he's done a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I feel like, did I win? You did. You got a point. You are now up. Good job. One to nothing. I don't think I totally get the game yet. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's new to all of us. <laughs> We're learning as we go. Kevin C. Bzz. All right. Kevin Costner. Oh, that is incorrect. Damn it. Kevin C. is a Tolo, ladies and gentlemen. Good try, though. That is a Tolo out there from the 805. I should have known because Kevin Costner is an awful actor, so that wouldn't have even been an option. (laughs) Does he lose a point or Uh, just stay at zero? Yeah, it's currently negative one. Oh, yeah. Negative one. Thanks for that, Ken Jennings. All right, so there you go. Now, Kevin, would you have gone... Who would you have gone there, Tolo or Kevin Tolo. Costner? Wow. Because there's no way to He's a man of the Tolos. He is a man of the there's Tolos. There's no way to know. Always has been. All right, here we go. 
Steve Z. Ding. I mean, okay. That that's an incorrect buzzer <laughs> use. I think it should default. That was a me. weird. Yeah, that was a weird buzzer use. I'm gonna go Steve Zahn. That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, baby. And the question is, good actor or great actor? Uh, he's in Saving Silverman. That means he's a great actor. Bonus point for Kevin. Die, replacement Zahn friend. Is definitely a great actor. I don't care what I know. I'm guilty of looking at Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't care what anybody on Rotten Tomatoes says. I think Saving Silverman is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Like out of uh, out of all the characteristics Hagee has for himself, he's like, I know I'm guilty of looking at Rotten Tomatoes.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People have said that about me. Yes. Oh, man, I didn't even think about this. Hopefully, the Tolos aren't sending in fake names. Oh. Hopefully they're sending in really strong names here. Chris M. Z Tolo. Bam. Bobby with an extra point right there. So you're up to zero It's now? three to zero. Hell hey, yeah. dude, don't worry about that. He's <laughs> okay. back in the game, and okay. that's what's important. He knew that so fast. Yeah, I figured that Corey was just going to alternate. Harrison F. Oh, Harrison Ford, a great actor. There it is. That is two bonus points for him right there. So it's now three to two. What? Look Do at that. And that's he's from your favorite movie, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, but still. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll now, baby. Look at that. Back in the game. All right. Michael BJ. <laughs> Good Lord. We're in public, for God's sakes. I'm going to say Michael B. Jordan. Yes, that is correct, Kevin. He good is job. a great actor he and a, good a actor. handsome I'm oh, a point away. Good actor. So he gets zero. What? Yeah, hits back down. You're three. He, Did you factor in his handsomeness? Look, man, that is a, your opinion. Uh, you don't you've think he's handsome? I didn't, it's pronounced I, European. The judge can't have an opinion here. The judge just goes by the rules, Kevin. That's okay. All right, it's back to three to two. It feels I'm like this entire game you. is based on subjectivity, and now you say you can't have an opinion? Don't worry about that. Okay. Harrison G. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like Carrie G. Okay. That's a Tolo. Uh-huh. That's incorrect. It was what? Cary Grant. I knew he was doing that. It was Carrie Grant. Back to three to one now. Damn it. Yes. yes. Jason so M. Tolo. Yes. Tolo. Actually, he's standing right, right next here. to us. I knew that. <laughs> that is a good he one right there. Oh, I was about to say his day. last name, and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. He picked up my wife the other day. What's that now? Yeah, she was, uh, she was getting an Uber back or a Lyft back from uh, – the dealership, and he coincidentally was the one who was picking her up. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't pick her up like that. Sure. From the 817, Steve Zahn is also in Sahara. So it was kind of weird that we called out Sahara, but Steve Zahn's in it right now. Yeah, I could see Steve Zahn needing the money a little bit more than Matthew McConaughey, though. Sean B. Z Tolo. Mmm. That is incorrect. That is correct. No, the man who <laughs> dies in every movie he's in. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. That was the name. That's not a real person. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Right when everything is on the precipice of getting super uh, <laughs> popular, if, he dies. Do we know he doesn't listen? Ooh. Like, what if he is a Tolo? Man, that is a good question. Are you altering also, the rules of is the he a good actor or a great actor? He's a great actor. He was great in National Treasure. If he's That's a Tolo, he's a great actor. If he's not, he's just a good actor. Okay. All right. All right. I see where you're going now, with I that. thought you were going to say if you listen to the ticket, you're a great actor. Because you're like, yeah, that's good. They didn't just do K&C show from three days ago. Put me down for a point for nailing the Tolo thing with Sean Bean. <laughs> All right. Mark I'm that giving that too. back to you. 
Tony B. Bzz. That was Bobby first. Tolo. Ah, you got it. That's Good job there. Ah, well, you got Bozo <sighs> first. That's right. Tolo, Tony Brothers, the mm -hmm. NBA referee. Uh, Jose C. Kevin. Tolo. Look at you, man. Look at that. Jose Canseco. Listen from Old I Arlington was going to say Stadium. Calderon, and I was like, well, that doesn't help the act. From the 817, thanks, Kevin, for spoiling Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. It's been <laughs> 22 years. Yeah. Like, that's on you. If yeah. you haven't slept through Lord of the Rings already, you never will. Yeah, Although, spoiler alert. Sorry, the elves win, or they get their necklace, or whatever they need. Although, <laughs> some of that is kind of... I guess I did back off of giving a spoiler alert on Gremlins yesterday. That movie came out almost 40 years ago. Yeah, that was a moment that Think we all shared there. about that for a there. minute. That movie's 39 years old. Denzel W. <laughs> oh, man. I think that was Kevin. No I way. Actor. Kevin, you've done very good today. And you continue to yes. do well. Oh, man. This is amazing right now. I can't believe you didn't get that one, Bobby. I am. I, am I had it. He's a, he's a great actor. <laughs> um... Larry S. Bzz. All right. Larry Sanders is a good actor. Actually, it's not even his name. His name is Gary, Gary Shandling. Shandling. <laughs> that was his show, the Larry but Sanders show. That counts because that he acted in it because he was not really is Larry he Sanders. explaining <laughs> to you the rules of your game? He said it counts, though. It counts. <laughs> but you it counts. should not put up with this. That is Ring a tolo. me up, Alex. That is a tolo, Bobby. That is a tolo. I feel and like look. you're getting destroyed in this game. It's okay. What's They're... There are lots of Tolos out there. There are lots of Tolos, and they're all chiming in. All right, and last one, Darth V. Tolo. <laughs> yeah, because that's not an actor. Well, then why didn't you buzz in? You were going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's his character. He's real. Exactly. Well, I mean, look, because I, I didn't get the Larry S. for Larry <laughs> Sanders show. And that's the new game show. We may never play it again. What? I want to play the it next score? segment. The final score it was like 20 six to, to two six. in favor of Kevin. Dang. And it? actually, those are all multiplied out by 17. So, Kevin, I need what, 102 to 34. This makes sense, though, because we are on the road, and I am the Cowboys insider. So, it makes sense that I got my ass kicked on the road. Oh, wow. I love it. And I yeah. appreciate Bobby for that. That's a, that's a fair point. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live at Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry in Frisco. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy, where the NFL seems to be getting exactly what they want. We'll do that next right here on The Fan. The prime of his career and go indeed, and it's Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice works the stumble, scores the 125th. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. We're live at Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry in Frisco. The giveaway for the Ford Bronco is coming up soon. But also, we have all kinds of stuff that is being given away as well outside of just the car. There are sweats, there are hoodies, there's Godiva chocolate, there's all kinds of good stuff. Charcuterie boards. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, there's, well, underneath the Godiva oh, oh, chocolate, oh, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. charcuterie boards. I think you get the charcuterie board and the Godiva chocolate. Oh. So you can make a Godiva chocolate charcuterie board, or you can put lots of figs on there and dried apricots. Yeah. Along with your salamis and cheeses. Okay, then I'm back All in right. on that. <laughs> All right, right now, it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. And let's start. With Jerry Rice. 
because he put out his top five wide receivers in NFL history. Do you have a problem with any omission? Number one, Jerry Rice. I appreciate that he didn't pretend and be like, oh, I'm one of the top five. He's like, I'm number one. Okay. You yeah. know I'm number one. I know I'm number one. Number two. Terrell Owens. I thought you said, said he admitted himself. No, no, no. Admitted himself, and I was no. like, I can't believe this. No, no um, he's on the list. To, okay, former Niner. I get it. Number three, Randy Moss. Makes sense. Those three are the three best receivers ever. Number four, Chris Carter. Number five, Calvin Johnson. A lot of people like the list. However. There was one name missing that some people were like. Michael Irvin. Not Michael Irvin. Lynn Swan. Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. That seemed to be, just based on the comments and everything, that seemed to be the number one thing that people were like, hey, what about him? Okay, so um, how many of those guys had Super Bowl championships? Because uh, Moss never got his, did he? No, because they, they lost in the Bowl. 07 Super Bowl. So that's Bowl. interesting because I was going to say, well, Fitzgerald never really got over the hump on that. Here's what's weird for me is Larry Fitzgerald always felt like a second uh, namer to everybody else that he was playing while in, in his time. Okay. But he was always the number two guy. Like, he was the dude. You want that guy on your football sure. team. It just felt like when Calvin Johnson was playing, he was doing his best thing, and there's Larry Fitzgerald doing really great stuff as well. So I don't have a – I really don't – I like that list a lot. Uh, whatever you want to say about T.O. on the – or off the field, he was he was almost impossible to stop at times on the field, so much so that people cried about the fact that he used a Sharpie to sign something. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, dude, stop him from getting in the end zone, and then you can be upset about it. To your point, Randy Moss was first team All-Pro four times, Larry Fitzgerald one time. And see, that's what I'm saying is it just felt like he was in that era. Now – would he be right there now? Because now it's even a different game when you're talking about receivers. You know what I mean? Like most of the receivers are, are fast with all the separation. Larry Fitzgerald was big and strong, fast downfield, could high point like crazy. And so I just wonder if that arrow, if he would fit. He, he reminds me of A.J. Brown a little bit uh, in some of the things that he can do. Now let's go from that to what I know you're all really here for. Tell me about the Pro Bowl voting. Okay, I will, because I know you demanded it. You want to know who gets to be in the tug of war and everything like that. Your top five vote getters. Number five, George Kittle. Four, C.J. Stroud. Three, Brock Purdy. Two, Christian McCaffrey. And number one, you're going to see him this Sunday. Dak Prescott. Two, uh, I'm oh, wow. sorry. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not that's Chris Was that Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, you just made the list. Two, uh, number one, Bobby, I know you loved the Pro Bowl before. Now that they're playing tug of war and stuff, how fired up are you for this Pro Bowl voting and stuff? I'm pretty fired up. And Lies. when I think of who would be, <laughs> when I, whenever I think of, hey, who would be the top Pro Bowl getter, Pro Bowl vote getter, I think of the Miami Dolphins quarterback, and I'd say he fits that profile <laughs> to a T. Oh, Clap, that clap, 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 clap. Golf clap. Well, Shut oh, up, Alec. Alec didn't like it. Alec, Alec you're not hater. even old enough to drink. You don't get to boo my joke. What are we doing? I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Alec. Now, your boy Dan Campbell, Corey, he has some thoughts. Is people are mad. 
because front office sports is reporting that the average ticket price for season tickets for the Lions next year is going to go up 30%, with some seeing their tickets go up as much as 85 to 100%. Okay. Dan Campbell said. And then they're going to hang a banner up that says we sold the most uh, season tickets like the Saints. If they win the division, yeah. I could definitely see them putting a banner <laughs> or up. Or the in-season tournament. Yes. He said, don't put me in that spot. I'm not in marketing. I don't know the deal with the ticket prices. I'm just trying to win games. So I don't know, you know. Yeah. Okay. I do Which know. Which is a great quote. I don't know, you know. Um, yeah. The head coach doesn't have any concern about that. He, I bet the head coach knows very little about that. That's the GM. That's on his table. That's on head of sales and marketing there. Has nothing to do with the head coach. Now, would it behoove him uh, to connect himself to the fan base? And was like, look, I just want to see all the faces there. You know, I don't oh, care, I don't care nice. how, much, uh, how much your income is. I just want to see you there as a fan. And that's what's most important is that you're there screaming and yelling for us. I would tell them there's a reason that Jerry Jones keeps telling us that only 6 or 7% of people get to go watch a game. Is the NFL getting... Are you saying there's only 6 or 7% of people that have enough money to get into the games? Or another way of putting that is the NFL manipulates it so the ticket prices are so high that that becomes the Makes case. Sense. Is the NFL getting exactly what they want? Prior to Thursday night football tonight, there are 13 teams with winning records... 12 teams with losing records and seven teams that are 7-7. Seven, seven. Mm. So they're like 13 good teams, 12 bad teams, and everybody else is exactly in the middle at 7-7. Seven and seven. <laughs> This feels like their perfect unfolding of the records. This is what they've always wanted. They want, what does uh, Jerry say all the time? He wants it's an 8-8 eight eight league. That. He wants and one. or eight, eight and one. one. Yeah. yeah, he wants it to be like that so that it's competitive at the end of the season. You're you're staying around all season. Well, why are you there at the end of the season? Not for Carolina. That is very true. I will tell you, there is obviously one really marquee game on the docket this week. The 11 and three Ravens visit the 11 and three 49ers on Christmas night. This will be the first time since the end of the 93 season. That the two teams with the best record in the NFL meet in week 16 or later. That was the Cowboys and the Giants back then with the Cowboys taking the division. But it's been 30 years since we've got this deep into the season and you get the two best teams. Yeah, and it's not all the time that it's going to be the, you mentioned Cowboys-Giants there. That was uh, This will actually be AFC-NFC opposite each other. And to me, this is oh, very yeah. clear. It's not just the two best records. This is the two best teams in the NFL by far right now. There's nobody going up against the Ravens. There's nobody going up against the 49ers. And I think even with them being the two best teams, the 49ers are on their own plane. I agree. Then it's the Ravens. Then it's kind of everybody else. Does the winner of this one solidify their stance in the MVP race? You know, that's interesting because now Lamar has moved into second with Purdy at first. I, the thing that goes along with that is Lamar Jackson's a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Well, the Ravens are. But the reason why I brought it up is that's the second biggest point spread that Lamar Jackson has ever faced in the NFL. But he's gangbusters against the NFC career-wise. I think he's like 17 or 18 and one or two. It's, it's a ridiculous record right there. But I'm with you. I obviously think the 49ers are going to win because they look like the best team in the NFL. And you guys know the, the Super Bowl color scheme conspiracy that exists, right? That they say that in recent years, conspiracy theorists are saying that the color scheme pick for the Super Bowl logo has predicted the matchup. So last year, the color scheme was red and green. And who played? 
the Chiefs and the Eagles. This year, it was red and purple. So people said, well, the NFL script is saying it's the Vikings and the Chiefs or the 49ers and the Ravens. And who are the two best teams in the NFL this year? I never thought about that. Why would they have red and purple for Vegas, No one makes no sense. No one wears purple. Yeah. Certainly not after Labor Day. Yeah. Even if you're a Vikings fan, you take that off whenever you get done with the game. Now, I wanted to throw out one other crazy thing that I bet none of us ever considered. Not only. Spiders that can walk. I mean, spiders can spiders legs. Can Do you not think the spiders walk with no, their like legs? No, like human legs. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. You hadn't considered it, though. I had not. Is, <laughs> man, I'm going to tell you something off air. It's probably not <laughs> It's probably not fit for air. I don't okay. know how old it is, but did you see that person who was like, hit me with your best roast, something I've never heard, and somebody just texted, like, you're pretty, and she goes, that's your roast? And he goes, what? I figured you'd never heard that before. Oh. And I thought that was just devastating. Is Baker Mayfield won the Offensive Player of the Week. He is the first opposing quarterback ever to roll in to Lambeau and have a perfect passer rating. He was 22 for 28 with four touchdowns and the 158.3. I'm surprised Scott Mitchell never did that for the Lions. <laughs> no, you're not. That's you're not who surprised you're about that was at all. Scott yeah. Mitchell. But I, see, this is the thing. At the end of Baker Mayfield's career, he's going to have these things on his wall that he's like, and I did that, and I did that, I did that. And they're going to be like, but were you good? And he's like, you not see this award here? I did that too. And they're like, but were you a good quarterback? And he's like, did you see that award? You not see this thing that I did? And he's like, Man, I'm not answering that question. He's not a great quarterback, but he has moments where you're just like, wow, good job, dude. 